Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. Hope you guys are doing exceptionally well on this Sunday. Hope you guys are getting ready for the magnificent week, a week of uh, creativity, a week of service, a week of just growing in the things of God. But for those who join me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help make sense of life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a culture line. But for those who's been watching, listening, vibing, subscribing, or subscribe to me uh, for 14 years or 14 seconds ago, I want to say thank you so much for entrusting or trusting what God has entrusted me. And I pray it continues to be treasure to you. But for those who are coming in live, get your questions ready. But until everyone gets here, let me let you guys know about some things I got going on. If you need one-on-one coaching, if you need help developing in your relationships, your spiritual development, your singleness, purpose, and branding, if you have any of those type of needs or you need someone to vent to or someone to help you um, navigate some nuances, uh, feel free to contact me now at my website, IamUnplugged.com. I got some slots available this week. And the whole month of August, there's a lot of spots there. So if you need some support there, definitely let me know. Charles, also check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings. It's a great book to help you process your feelings, to find the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling the important roles of your life. There's a great resource there. If you're looking for a book to help you better understand what it means to be prepared, for the things you either desire to hold or to hold the things you have in your life better, this book, The Holdness Journal, will be a great resource for you. Also, there's a card game that you can get uh, with it. It's a great, fun game for you, you and your family to process wholeness and what it means to be prepared and whole. If you're looking for a book to better understand the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize it, this book, The Purpose of Singles, will be a great resource for you. If you're in a dating relationship or you're single and you want to be uh, prepped for that dating experience that leads to marriage, this book, Dating Prep is a great resource. It also has a ton of questions in it to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking for a book to help you discern what's in front of you and you can't really tell if this is the will of God or not, you don't know if it's God's best or the devil's best, this book, Counterfeit or Counterpart, is a great resource to help you better understand how to discern how God speaks and how God confirms things in life. If you're struggling with soul ties, you want to better understand how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds, this book, The Purpose of Freedom, will be a great resource for you. So make sure you check if you're struggling with spiritual warfare and or you want to better understand the whole armor of God and what it means um, to war in the spirit realm and to cover the important things in life, this book, World War Me, I think will be a great risk for you. We also have books for kids to help them discover their art form and to distribute it accordingly. We also have merch and we also have ways for you to support what we do here on my website, IamUnplugged.com. All right, let's see if we got some people here. I know you guys, a lot of you have been messaging me, talking about where you been, Coach. We just got back from the beach, man, so I'm ready to get back into it, get back in the mix. So I'm going to give everybody the opportunity to get their questions ready. I'm looking forward um, to serving you all today. Layla says, hey, Coach, can you tell me how, how can I have an effective fast while I have to go to work every day? Great question. Well, um, God is 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 a gentleman. He he's understanding, and he knows how to guide you through the complexities of your own life. He knows how um to fully uh um guide you into a place where you can fast without falling, without falling apart or or failing it. So everything must be birthed from that fellowship of God. Now, if you intermittent fast, and if, you, if there's any type of fast that's outside of a spiritual fast, then uh, then you know consult your health. Uh, care provider, help, consult your doctor, whatever not, but but also make sure that you that you are knowledgeable of the fast. Make sure that you're understanding uh, um, the the your body and how your body experiences certain things. Also, better understand the weather conditions. Uh, make sure you stay hydrated, stuff like that. But 
but an effective fast for spiritual things must be birthed from the spirit of God who will enable you and guide you and give you the sufficiency needed to see that fast through. So can you tell me how can I have an effective fast? First, you got to go to God and ask God, okay, is this what you want me to do right now? Uh, and make sure that you understand the purpose of a fast. A fast is not about how to get things fast. It's about how to last and how to be in a certain spiritual sustainability where you're able to be effective. In order to have an effective fast, you have to ask yourself, what do I want to affect? What, where do I want to be effective, right? Uh, and then that's when you'll begin to understand the importance of spending time with God to get, get better intel and understanding of what it is that he wants you to do. But when you're working every day, you got to have wisdom. Um, I don't think God will have you do, and now God can have you do anything. But what I'm saying is wisdom is important and motive is important because some people move past God because their motives is to get things from God fast versus doing an effective fast for them to be developed in, in, the, in the spiritual disciplines where they're able to last. Hope to help. Bell says, hey, coach, I struggle with feeling motivated and get distracted really easy. Give me one second. <clears throat> Excuse me. Bell says, hey, coach. Hi, coach. I struggle with feeling motivated and get distracted really easily. Well, let me help you with that. Let me see if you post anything else to kind of elaborate on that. Let's see here. Uh, okay, good. Uh, hi, coach. I struggle with feeling motivated and get distracted really, very easily. Well, the goal in life is not to feel through it, but to be faithful through it. Faithfulness comes with understanding the fundamental principles on why you must go through on why you must do, right? If if the motive is simply just so that you can feel happy versus understanding the, the contentments of or the content, the content of joyfulness, then you're going to find yourself not motivated. So what is the ultimate goal? So to keep what keeps me motivated are my eternal goals. My eternal goals enables my earthly grind despite what may comes against me in time, right? Because I understand that that the hearing my father say uh, well done and 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 being able to uh, um to to see my father, heavenly father, uh be proud of the work that I've done for him, that that exceeds everything. Um uh, because I know for a fact that if I if I if my, if I have an eternal goal, then I can endure any type of earthly uh, um, grind or any type of earthly distractions, right? So number one thing that you got to do is determine your eternal why. Why do you exist? Why are you here? When you find your why, you can get by. When you find your why, you can get by anything that may try to slide in to distract you from within, right? And so if you struggle with feeling motivated, then it means that you're dwelling in the feeling realm. You got to get into the facts realm. You got to get into the fundamental realm because when you have the facts and you understand the fundamentals of the acts, then you will begin to see yourself endure. And what I mean by fundamentals is understanding that, that you can't navigate life with feeling. Feeling is not, the feeling is only going to get you to the ceiling. But the fact is going to get you to the stars. The fact is going to get you far. The fact is going to get you to enduring because you understand what it takes fundamentally to be a, 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 a successful. So why are you struggling with feeling motivated? What are, you, what are your expectations? Because sometimes when you're motivated by a particular end or you're motivated by the prize, you won't last. But if you're motivated by the process and how the process will make you a better person that's fit to be useful optimally by God, then you'll begin to embrace the process, loving the process because of the person that you're becoming in the process, right? And so distractions are, uh, are, are e people are easily distracted when they don't have anything to really uh, 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 um, give them dignity 
self-esteem and worth, right? And if you understand that comes from God, then you'll be able to navigate anything that may come against you. So distraction is anything that comes before something more important. You got to find what's most important. What are the five most important things of your life? And never allow anything to be outside of order. Number one, most important thing in your life should be God. The second most important thing in life should be yourself. The third most important thing that should be in your life is, is your purpose if you're single. The, the fourth most important thing, third and fourth may be interchangeable, should be your family. Right. And so those things have to be in order and you have to understand what those things mean and who these things are, who these people are so that you can go far. Because when you really see deeply what these things mean eternally, then you will be fundamentally faithful in this earthly realm. So find the facts and then you'll see the difference in your acts. Hope to help. <clears throat> Brianna Bell says, hey, coach, happy to see you again. We're glad to be here back in the building. Glad to see you guys again. Glad to be here. Uh, 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 man, you told me your name a while back. Raquel. I think it's Raquel. Raquel says, what is your advice if you believe God has confirmed that you're to be with someone, but you don't feel romantically attraction yet? Um, let me tell you this. Uh, there's a difference between... Uh, how can I put this? There's a difference between thinking and knowing. See, let me tell you something about God. God is the first thing we found out about God. The first thing that God revealed about his character, that he's creative. The Bible says in the beginning, God created. And when God creates something, he creates it for it to complement something. It creates, uh, he creates things to, um, to, 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 to not contrast, but to complement, right? And so the moon complements the sun, the, 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 the soil complements the flower, everything, even in their differences, complement, right? And they're attracted to each other because of the complementing of each other, right? And so I do not believe that God will give you someone that doesn't at least be, who is not at least good to your eye. That doesn't mean that that's the ultimate form of attraction. The, the, the attractions, all attractions are important. Physical attraction, spiritual attraction, emotional attraction, uh, uh, mental attraction, all those things are in their percentages uh, uh, important, right? I'm not saying physical attraction is number one. I'm not saying that, but it is part of the ones, right? And so when you understand that, then you have to say, okay, am I, is my... Uh, settling due to my uh, lack of contentment of where my where I am in my singleness. You hear me? Because a lot of times in our singleness, we can get so tired of it that we'll say, you know what? I'll try this. I'll try him. And, and you'll forget just how fearfully and wonderfully made you were and how fearfully and wonderfully made your spouse is and how you guys were meant to complement each other. And sometimes we get so unsettled in a season that we'll start begin to believe in that something that doesn't even match us is for us. And so if you don't feel attraction yet, then, then you have to ask yourself, what am I trying to get myself into? Because I promise you, God is a God of, of uh, he's an artiste. He, he, he designs things specifically. God's a God that's going to make sure that you can enjoy it, but he's not going to sit there and be, give you the false perspective of, of physical attraction because you got to be attractive <clears throat> or attracted to the person holistically because the outside does wane. But if you initially meet the person and you ain't even married to the person and you're not even mentally attracted to that person, then you have to ask yourself, what am I, what is my contentment level of my singleness? How much of my singleness is contributing to my lack of understanding? 
And how far have I gotten away of God and who he is? So what is your advice if you believe God has confirmed that you're to be with someone, but you don't feel romantically attracted yet? What I would do is I will look at that person and ask yourself, is this someone that you can really see yourself being with forever? Despite the change that may occur, is if you know that you like your man six foot three and up, or you like your man five nine, wherever you like your man, and your man is opposite that, that man is opposite that, or you've always innately been in tr- attracted to someone like this, then don't miss. Because if God placed that in you for a reason, I've given this testimony plenty of times, but I've always I was always attracted to women like my wife. There was a young lady that, that was on the Jamie Foxx show called Fancy. And I was always attracted to Fancy. That was my type of woman. That doesn't mean the other woman wasn't beautiful. So I'm not getting into that. But what it meant for me was time being the ultimate revealer proved that there's something significant about what I was attracted to at 16, 17, 18 years old if I married a wife that is very similar to that, that young lady. God, <clears throat> who has a play, who has placed eternity in each side, in each who has placed eternity in each of us, right? There's something about just because we don't know it in time doesn't mean it won't manifest in time. And if you have something that you just deep down attracted to, then there's something significant about that. There could be a purpose about that. There was a reason. So God was giving me clues of the woman I was going to be with years ago. So if that man doesn't match what you really, really like in a man, then I would really process that, man. Hope they help. Michaela says, <clears throat> uh, if your spouse is working long hours over 12 hours a day at work to try to spend as much time away from you as possible, when you told them that you didn't want them to get that kind of a job in the first place because it will require less time together and now wanting to work for the military in the future that will eventually have to deploy him and after already agreeing to never do that kind of work, is this grounds for divorce biblically? The only ultimate grounds for divorce divorce is infidelity and adultery, right? Um, anything can be worked out. Anything can be um, redeemed if you allow the redeemer in it, right? And so what I would do is, man, is real talk, just really just begin to, uh, um, if separation needs to happen, then separate um, and, and give God an opportunity. Um, that's the only, so I'm really answering your question from the main thing is, is this grounds for divorce biblically? Biblically, the only grounds for divorce is infidelity. Um, grounds for separation is any type of physical, mental, emotional abuse. But I think physical abuse, I mean, I'm not, I didn't write the Bible. So, but physical abuse, man, yeah, that person is, get out the way, get out. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is that right there is not a grounds for divorce biblically, is my answer to you. Stretch marks the spot says, hey, coach, hope you well. <clears throat> hope you well as well. Chantel says, hi, coach, how do I stop reminiscing about past crushes? And people I didn't work and okay, let me read it again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hi, coach. How do I stop reminiscing about past crushes and people I didn't work out with? I always think about things that I could have done different. Then it might, then it might have turned out differently. A great question. Um, so the thing is, never be crushed by a crush. All right. Uh, um, and sometimes the reason why we were crushed is because we rushed. That's why we got crushed, right? The goal in life is to learn, is to learn from past experiences, is to learn from them so that you can earn from them. You hear me say that many times, right? The reason why we reminisce is because we're still living in the midst of a memory. 
memories are the devil's or or is one of the devil's top tactics against us because he knows that significant moments create significant memories and significant memories create significant momentum and significant momentum can lead to uh, uh insignificant things accomp- uh, 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 happening in a person's life so he knows that if i can get you into a significant moment then i can create a significant memory and that significant memory will create significant momentum or feelings that will lead to you having insignificant things, right? Because he knows that it's, it's the number one thing that a, a mind can't do is unremember. And if I can create any type of significance in a moment and cause that person not to realize the sufficiency of Christ in every moment, then that person's insignificance mentally will cause them to be buried by something that is not even happening now. And it's unfortunate how many people's presence have been uh, destroyed because they keep living in the past. And so you have to change the way you remember so you can't get caught up here with Michael Jackson. Do you remember the times? You got to uh, un- uh, uh, change the way you remember those things so those things will no longer be members of your life now. Remember means that I'm recounting the moments that happened, causing them to be new members or current members of my life mentally affecting my life. So you got to learn from them. What can you learn from those past crushes? Because let me tell you something about stuff that crushed. If a coal is not crushed, there cannot be no diamonds. If an olive is not crushed, there could be no olive oil. So the goal is if after you have been crushed, let's see what can produce out of you. What kind of oil can be produced out of you? What kind of diamonds can be produced out of you? What kind of things that can be produced out of you being crushed? So that you won't rush into something else new that will then crush you anew and then cause you to have a new member that you remember constantly in your life. So if it didn't work out and God is not working it out for it to be back in your life, then let God work it out for your good. And then begin to see how could God or how can God use what crushed me to crown me? What is God trying to crown me in for what was what has crushed me, right? So don't worry about how you how you could have done things differently, do things differently, so that you don't have to redo things you didn't do correctly, right? And so and so don't worry about how things could turn out. There's a lot of things that turned out wrong, but turned out great. A lot of things that turned left turned right. There's a lot of things. There was a lot of moments in my life where I was crushed by people, crushed by opportunities, crushed by friends. But the type of oil that was produced out of that, the type of diamonds that was produced out of that is invaluable. But you have to change the way you remember. So these things would no longer be members at your country club, no longer as members in the parts in this phase of your life. So if it didn't work out good, let's look at what God is working out in your life now. So number one thing I want you to write down, I want you to write down everything that crushed you. And after that, I want you to write down, how could these things be used by God to crown me with diamonds? And how how could this thing produce the oil out of me? If I didn't see, I am more appreciative of my bad days than I am of my good days. I am more appreciative because the oil of patience, the oil of resiliency, the oil of understanding, the diamonds of character, the diamonds of understanding that was produced out of that, you can't measure that. Good times can't produce that. Good times can't produce that kind of oil. Good times can't produce that kind of diamonds. Good times can't produce that. 
It's the tough times. That's why the Bible says counter all joy. When you go through various trials, trials or trial periods gives you a taste of what it is that you're going to have in time. And so when you have that trial period of tough seasons, then you will know that when you go through a similar season again, you will be more strengthened within to navigate it again. Right. So that's what that is for, because you know that the, uh, the, the testing of your faith. Because faith is a muscle. Your faith has to be strengthened in order for you to be faithful. Your faith has to be full in order for you to be faithful, right? So did you know that testing your faith produces patience? Everything significant in life requires patience. Because the only reason why you were crushed is because you were rushed or you rushed, right? And so many of us are allowing the pressure of the world to rush us. Or we allow our pressures on internally, time ticking clocks for women, um, all these different things to rush us into things that we are not strong enough. You have to have understanding to stand under certain things. You have to have a certain level of understanding to stand under certain things. Because if you don't understand it mentally and you don't have the strength in it internally, then that thing is going to crush you. So the reason why we rush, anytime you find yourself rushing, means that you're not quite educated enough about the thing. Because people who really understand the weight of marriage, really understand the weight of ministry, really understand the weight of money management, will not rush into things because they understand those things will crush you. Most of the things in life we forget that are blessings from God are burdensome to people who are not ready. Right? So your readiness will determine your ability to hold. And so because the goal in life is to hold, not fold. Right. And understanding is key. And so don't worry about how you can do things differently because it's taking up too much time for you to do things differently now. So what can you learn from it? How could this thing be producing oil in you? How could this thing be producing diamonds in you? Um, because I promise you, this tough season is going to ensure that you last many seasons. Hope to help. The humble one says, what do you think about liking someone uh, much older than you? Much golly. He, what? Okay, say it again now, humble. Give me one second. Let me see if I understand your question. What do you think about liking someone much older than you, but you're more you you're more golly than he, though? Me, okay, hold on, humble one. Let me see what he goes Okay, so you said, okay, what do you think about liking someone much older than you? And and, and he is, okay, humble, if you're watching again, rephrase your question. I think I understand what you're saying, but I just want to make sure it's clear because I'm a wordsmith. I need words help me better go. You know what I'm saying? What do you think about liking someone much older than you? Let's start there. All right, man, ain't nothing wrong with liking, as long as you ain't under 18. You know what I'm saying? You can like someone as, 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 as as old as dirt if you want to. You know what I'm saying? You know, but you also got to understand what comes with that. So if you're 23 years old and you're interested in a man who's 33 years old, you have to understand the phase of life y'all both are in because he done found his life and you still finding yours. And that can cause conflict if it ain't if it ain't supernaturally uh, uh, fit for it, fit it for each other. Right. Because if he's 33, he's looking to, he's looking for a family. You're 23. You're looking for a become more familiar with your purpose and who you are. So you have to understand that you may like someone older because you always got to make sure that you're, you're a liking of someone older as far as a female to a man or a woman to a man is not based upon how what kind of man your daddy was. 
because a lot of women will gravitate to older men because of what they missed from the man who was their father, right? And you got to make sure there's no daddy issues causing you to be an, uh, 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 an awe of or in love with or liking someone older because he resembles certain things that you wish you had in a man and in, in a father. Because if you marry that man, you're going to be putting unnecessary pressures on that man if you're looking for that man to be a father. Because a husband was never meant to be your father and a wife was never meant, meant, never meant to be a, a, a man's mother. Right. And so if a person had those voids and has not yet been filled by God, then you're going to end up being unnecessary pressure, creating unnecessary expectation on that man. And that man said, man, I'm not here to father you. I'm here to husband you. Right. So you have to make sure you check your motives on why you like older men or why you like this older man. And because he could be resembling traits that you're missing because God has to fill that void. Because anytime you jump into the heart of someone, trying to be that someone to help that someone, you're going to be falling forever because the hole that, that is in a person's heart is God's size. And only God has the full capacity to fill the hole in a person's heart. And if you jump in to try to fill the heart, to fill uh, the hole in a person's heart, you're going to be falling forever because you don't have the capacity to fill that hole. And so, and, and so no man wants to jump in that hole. No woman should jump in that hole to try to be God to that person because only God can make you whole. So that you won't be leaking everywhere in a marriage, causing unnecessary expectations on the person and whatnot and whatnot. And so what do you think about liking someone older, much older, much older, man? You got to understand what comes with that. You got to make sure that you're not having any type of daddy issues to trying to get you to connect to that so that you won't end up putting too much expect expectations on that individual. And you said that he let me see if you rephrase your question. He is golly, but much older than me. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, first off, I would not even allow my mind to entertain an individual that I haven't even known for God. That's my individual for me because that's a waste of mental energy. That's a waste of time. And a lot of people, because of their, I'm not talking about you, hear me close. A lot of people due to their lack of contentment and their singleness and due to their fear of their eternal clock or whatever, they'll start looking at the clock and they'll start locking into something that wasn't meant for them. And then all of a sudden now you have three, four, five, seven, eight years of misery with the person that you thought was meant to be a part of your uh, uh, life, right? And, and so you just got to make sure you process that because just because he's godly doesn't mean he's God's fit for you. And you also got to count the cost of being with someone that's that much older. Brianna Bella says, I have a question. My little cousin mentioned to me that he sees spirits. He's 10. It was a bit disturbing to hear. Is it wrong to tell him the truth about demons? How can I effectively pray over him? Great question. Now, if that's your cousin, what I would do is, is to uh, talk to that cousin's parents. Um, because you don't know what parents are involved in. Um, you don't know what parents may become a unnecessary conflict in you trying to uh, incite the young person. Because what I've learned is you can incite a young person all they want. If their current home of covering is not covering, then you're going to create either even more smothering of demonic activity in that child's life. So the best thing is to what is the advice I would give you is to first talk to the Holy Spirit, pray to God and say, OK, Holy Spirit, what should I do? Uh, with this information. Um, give yourself a couple of days, if not seven days, to really begin to be sensitive to the Spirit of God and see what He wants you to do. If you feel the leading of the Holy Spirit to have a conversation, go to the parents first. What I would do is the Holy Spirit will always make crooked paths straight. Before you walk down any path, allow Him to make the path straight. Because when you 
allow him to make the path straight, then things will come out more right. Right. And what I mean by this, before I engage anyone, I allow Holy Spirit go before me and make this crooked path straight so that when you tell me to walk on it, it's smoother. You know what I'm saying? It's it's lighter. It, it just clicks. Because if you walk on a crooked path, then you're creating unnecessary conflict and cause yourself to be in, in, in some danger. Right. I'm not talking about life and death, but just in some unnecessary stuff that you may not have been the one fit yet to deal with yet. Right. So for someone like me, maybe, and even with my knowledge of demonology, I still walk in wisdom because if I if I do anything de demonically freeing, freeing a person from demonic activity, the word of God says that that demon will go back out after the house has been swept, go find seven spirits more stronger than he, and then this person's life will be worse than, what, than how they met me. The first thing, I like what you said, how can I fix a prayer over him? What I would do is pray in private, love on him in public. Pray over this is the type of prayers you should pray. Uh, first off, I would pray. Um, he's 10. I would just pray divine protection. Father, I pray divine protection over my cousin. Uh, Heavenly Father, I pray right now that you will protect him. Because well, let me tell you something about this before I get into that. I saw demons early. I was seeing demons at six or seven years old. So, so for him, now I'm not saying this for him, but for me, it was training. Now, being 36, looking back, that was training. I was seeing demons. I could sense demons when I was five, six, seven years old. And so he just might have a gift of discerning of spirits. Maybe that's what he's being trajected to end up developing, right? And um, that could be something that God is, is he's just sensitive to because that's this type of spiritual um, gifting that he's going to inevitably walk in. Um, but for you, before you get involved, talk to God and just whenever his name pops up, pray over him and, and just pray divine covering over him, um, pray divine protection over him and, and begin um, to be cognizant of what that young man's involved in. Now, I will also take intel, though, if, of his parents. What do they watch? What do they listen to? What type of uh, of uh, uh, compromises are they in as allowing demon demonic spirits within their household? But I hope they help, man. I know I said a lot, but I pray it helped. But what you don't want to do is get involved in a, in a demonic situation that you may not be developed enough and cause an unnecessary retaliation towards you. Everything has to be guided by the spirit of God when it comes to the demonic um, spirits and whatnot. Jody Real says, am I wrong for ending friendships for small reasons? Sometimes I don't feel like being friends with certain people anymore. I live an introverted lifestyle. Now, good question. Good question because I'm an introvert, right? And, and you have to make sure um, that there's real reason to why you're leaving. That is not petty. That is not uh, rooted in some level of what well, this is who I am. Uh, some people in life, that's why I let God select my friends. Like I, I am friendly to everyone, but I'm not a friend to everyone. It's a big difference because friendliness means that's how I navigate the world. I'm a peacemaker. I'm friendly. I'm not going to be rude, but I'm not going to. Now I can I can be friendly, and there may be some friendness to it. They may feel like, oh man, because a lot of people come to me, they swear I'm their best friend in their head <laughs> because I'm just that kind of a guy, right? But that doesn't mean I befriend everyone because friendship requires uh, it's a weight. Do you know friends get things for free? That what I would naturally charge a person in coaching, they get for free if they're my friend. That whatever is a skill of mine, whatever is a will of mine, they get for free. And I have to make sure that person is deserving of that type of benefit. 
And if it's not a God fit, they don't deserve that kind of benefit because those kind of benefits come without come with the cost. And if I'm giving time, energy, <clears throat> uh, whatever it is to a person that is not that wasn't qualified to be my friend by God, then I'm going to always be at a deficit with that individual. All right. And so friendship has to be selected by God. That doesn't mean you don't have certain stages of friendliness, but you don't want to make them a friend in the midst of your life right now because it costs too much. And so now if that person is costing too much, then you just move them into the friendly category. They're just out of the friend category. But you don't have to advertise it. You don't have to tell them you're no longer my friend anymore. You just got to begin to say if they are costing too much in the friendship for you right now and they're lacking understanding, they're lacking patience, or they're making a God out of you, or they're using you or milking you. First off, if they're using and milking, you cut them off completely. If you're sensing they're using, but you said small reasons, man, sometimes small reasons are big reasons, but you got to make sure those small reasons are, 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 are small reasons that you're not just trying to say, okay, because friendship do cost and it costs you. And, and if you really want a friend, it's going to cost you to come out the house. It's going to cost you to spend on the time on the phone with them. But if you're not at a stage of life to provide that type of life for them, then if they're a real true friend of yours, communicate that with them. Or they would naturally understand if you if you take a, a a little distance because they understand, hey man, that's what part of friendship. There's people that I'm that I'm real close with that we don't gotta talk every day because we understand they got wives. You see what I'm saying? They got children. So who am I to be demanding? Because friendships become demanding when your friend is not a friend of God. Friendships become demanding when your friend is not a friend of God. Because when your friend is a friend of God, they can just be a friend. You know, you won't end up being their a therapist or counselor all the time because God is their friend. That's why it's important to be friend from your friend who is God. So God can then surround you with the right friends who are friends of him. So they won't be able, so they won't be put unnecessary weight and pressure on you. But don't make introvert introvertinism an excuse to not have friends because there's a friend that's close to the brother. Uh, um, friends are important in life. But make sure you make a friend of God because when God is your friend, you won't desperately need a friend. And then you'll begin to see the value of true friendship when the right friend sells his ship into your harbor of life. Hope to help. Mary Marie says, hello. So I finished my husband's list. And I wrote down everything that I need mentally, spiritually, financially, and physically. Now I fantasize. Now I'm fantasizing about everything that I wrote down all the time. Part one. Part two. I always fantasize about how we are going to meet and how we will look exactly how I wanted him to look, the job he will have, how wealthy he'll be, how he will treat me, stuff like that. Advice. Well, let's start there. Let's start here. The list has to be put on the shelf not into your sight because when it's in your sight then then everything is gauging whether or not this person is it now when i my advice with writing the list was not meant for you to to get so consumed now the writing of the list can reveal just how much idolatry is in the midst of your heart because if you're constantly fantasizing then that means that you are in the realm of desperation, in the realm of not being content, in the realm of really not being as close to God as you should. It doesn't mean that you can't think about it sometimes, 
But when you use the word fantasizing, then fantasizing is keeping you away from reality. So when you get so caught up in fantasy, then you won't be a familiar fit to the thing that you're fantasizing about. The goal is to write the list to see how much of that list is in the midst of your life so that you can match that person as a wife. Right. So the goal of the list is not for you to fantasize about it. It's not for you to dwell too much time in it. It's meant for you to equal it. Don't equal it like uh, in the matters of of because you're not going to always equal, but you will complement. See, the shirt, a shirt, this shirt is not the same size as these shorts that I'm wearing, right? These shorts are not going to be the same size as the shoes that I wear, but they're complement, right? So if you want a man who is this, you got to say, how much of me can complement that? How much of me can serve that? How much of me deserves that? See, deserve means I'm, I'm able to serve it. So I deserve it. People deserve things they can actually serve. If you can't serve it, then you don't deserve it. And so a lot of people, they get so caught up in the idea of the person they want that they no longer become or they're no longer investing time to become the individual that can match that person, right? She said, hello, so I finished my husband list and I wrote down everything that I need, mentally, spiritually, financially, and physically. Now I finished about every uh, about everything that wrote down. So instead of fantasizing, work on the fundamentals so that you can produce the fruit worthy to be with someone like that, because if you keep fantasizing, you're going to be single for a long time. When you keep fantasizing versus developing to be the person, see, when you waste a lot of times fantasizing, then you won't become the size needed for that thing you fantasize. So you got to get into reality and say, okay, am I really ready for that? Right. So what I would do is this: on that same husband list, I want you to write down on a, a wife's requirements. And everything that you write about that man spiritually, mentally, financially, physically, spiritual, all those different things, I want you to write down how much how much of me is ready for that. On a scale of one to ten, how much am I ready for that? And I want you to write a number beside that. Threes, fours, fives, sixes, sevens, sixes, sixes and under, that means you got work to do. Sevens and up, you still got work to do, but that's good, right? So what I would do is beside everything you wrote about that man on scale of one to 10, how much are you ready for? Zero, zero to 10. Zero, I'm not ready at all. One, I'm not ready at all. Two, I'm not ready at all. Three, I'm not ready at all. Four, I'm not ready at all. Five, I'm not ready at all. Six, I'm not ready at all. Seven, I'm getting, I'm getting ready, y'all. Eight, I'm getting very close, y'all. Nine, I'm pretty darn close, y'all. Ten, let's get it, right? So then you will begin to say, I don't have time to fantasize because I'm not the size of it. That's what the Bible says, be equally, don't be unequally yoked. Because when you're unequally yoked, you're going to become a burden. The person who loves the least in a relationship controls the relationship. Any person that understands that, they're looking for matches not leeches. And so they're looking for what will match me so that I don't have to carry unnecessary burden. Let me tell you what a man wants from a wife. A man wants a woman of peace, right? A man wants a woman that's not going to constantly bring problems. A man wants a woman that will respect him as the priest of the home. A man wants a woman that's going to honor uh, um, his, his purpose and compliment it. A man's going to want a woman that can bring something to the table. That's what a man wants. A man doesn't want to father his wife. 
He doesn't mind washing his wife with the word, but he doesn't want to father a woman who still has daddy issues, right? And sometimes when we get into that fantasy world, we don't understand the fundamentals of it because we didn't see it fundamentally in our homes. And if we didn't see it fundamentally active in our home, we fantasize about it because when we was kids, we fantasize about the life we want that's different in our home. So then we don't know what it takes to be fundamentally sound to be able to hold this thing. Right? And so now you got to get real. You said I always fantasize about what we are going to uh, how. Don't worry about how you're going to meet. Because because every every corner you're gonna find yourself hell in a swivel. Everywhere you go, you're gonna be looking. Is this is this the moment, God? Now nah, you don't got time to worry about how y'all gonna meet and how we will look exactly how I wanted him to look. Don't worry about that either. God's God done chisel. God 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 already got that together. The job he will have. Don't worry about the job he have. Don't worry about the wealth. You got to say, okay, what wealth do I will I bring him? What wealth of knowledge? What financial wealth? Uh, am I financially literate or illiterate? Am I trajected to be wealthy? Because a man of wealth doesn't want, a real man of God of wealth doesn't want a trophy. The world wants trophies. A real man of God who's wealthy want a woman that's going to help him triumph. <laughs> he doesn't want a trophy, he wants some triumphants. Right? You see what I'm saying? And so when you understand it, you'll be like, I don't, have, I don't got time to worry about how he'll treat me. I don't have to worry about how much money you'll have. I got to make sure, do I match this? Am I the size of what I fantasize? If not, get into the real world and become the size of it. Hope that. Shaw says, how's everything going, Coach? I was well. Hope that answer helped you. I really do. Shanice says, hey, Coach, hope you're doing well. All is well. How do you trust God with the uncertainty that you prayed to him about? How do I make myself trust when I feel like I don't know how? Great question. Let me tell you something about this weather. Sometimes the weather can get you to the altar quicker than the preacher. Because if you don't, it's hot. <laughs> and God is, I saw a meme the other day that was like, um, um, this hot weather is it's like God giving y'all a trial <laughs> period. To get your life right because like if, 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 if hell is anything like this man get your life right bro <laughs> it's gonna definitely be worse than this Shanice says hey coach hope you're doing well i'm doing well thank you how do you trust god with an uncertainty that you pray to him about let me tell you something about uncertainties god is certain about everything <laughs> god is certain about everything if there's anyone that's certain about everything is that person that's god so the goal in life is to measure your trust level with him. Every test of life is going to reveal to you, not to God, because God is all knowing. It's going to reveal to you how much you trust him. Every time, every time I face myself with the uncertainty, I always look at my heart first. Now, some situations, one to 10, I'll be like, man, okay, I really trust God with this. Sometimes, I, anytime I feel my trust wane, I got to say, how much, how much time have I been spending with God? Because there are certain things going to happen in certain seasons where you're going to be like, hey, man, what happened? It's because you haven't done the things you're supposed to do every day to keep your faith strong. I tell people spiritual awareness is and spiritual disciplines are essential for spiritual growth. I have to be spiritually aware 
of God, spiritually aware. I have to be spiritual whether he's everywhere. I have to be um, cognizant of my spiritual disciplines because I'm going to tell you something. There's not one current NBA player that doesn't dribble a ball every day. There's not one NFL player that doesn't, doesn't, doesn't throw, catch, run on a football field. There's not a person who's a surgeon that is not around his tools. There's not a, a, a woman in the army that doesn't work her gun every day. Because when you do it every day, when that day of evil come, you're ready to you ready to go. And so it's easy to become certain, even in uncertainty, when you know the one that's certain about everything to a T. And then you'll be like, hey man, I don't got nothing to worry about. Now, this is the time for you to take intel and say, okay, on a scale of one to ten, how uncertain am I about God coming through for this? Number one, that's what you do. What number is that? Then you got to, then from that number, that number will humble you. Say, okay, God, I, I repent for thinking this way. Help me to change and renew my mind about this. Ask yourself, you use Proverbs 3, 3 through 5, right? How much of your heart do you trust God with this? Trust him with all your heart. And how much of well, how much of your time have you been leaning on your understandings? And how much of your time have you been acknowledged this, him with this, right? Because your level of trust will determine your level of of, of of enduring the test, right? And how do I make myself trust? Now, how do you make yourself trust? Number one, you got to track God's faithfulness. Number one thing, you got to track God's faithfulness. On a sheet of paper, I want you to write down how in the last seven days, how has God been faithful to you? And we need to go a little bit further back because God has been faithful. See, th- let me tell you something. The reason why we do not trust God like we should because we measure God's faithfulness based upon the big things he do for us. For instance, if you're single and, and God hasn't brought your husband, it's going to be hard to trust him if, if your trust is based upon whether that big thing is going to come or not. I don't, my trust increases or I would trust God if he would bring my wife through or bring my husband through or bring my child through. If God brings the big things through, that's not a way you measure God. Because you measure God based upon the big things, and you won't become a big enough thing for that thing because you're not doing what you need to do in the current time frame to become that person. What you have to do is track God's faithfulness breath by breath. The Bible says it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. It is a miracle to be breathing right now. It, every day I wake up, God, I think it's a miracle that I'm awake. And if you measure God's track record or faithfulness based upon breath by breath, then you won't have to worry about catching your breath because you're full of anxiety because you know God has been faithful to you 200 some thousand times a day. 200,000 plus times a day, God has been faithful to you. And when you say God has been faithful to me like that, then what is this Philistine? What is this mountain? What is this uncertainty? Because if God can keep my heart beating, keep my lungs breathing, certainly he can make this uncertain situation uh, uh, um, fixable, doable, livable. So you got to track God's track record and how he's been faithful to you. Because every time you take a deep breath, every time you breathe, that's man, God. Thank you. So, how do I make myself trust? You got to track God's track record. You got to start investing in your relationship with God. 
You got to better understand what season you're in and better understand the things around you. Make sure you better understand the, uh, uh, the things that you're involved in. Next, you got to get into the scriptures. You got to see God for what he has already written about himself. And you got to understand that certain things take time. That's how you build your trust. T-R-U-S-T. Number one, track God's track record. Number two, invest in your relationship with him more. Start getting into your spiritual disciplines. Start getting into him, loving on him as a person. Take some time to better understand where you are. Because sometimes God can't come through for stuff that ain't in us. You know what I'm saying? If, why would God give you a million dollars if you know you can't manage a hundred? So I'm saying, so then you lack trust in God, but you, you, you do not even trustworthy enough yourself, right? Next, you got to get into scripture, see what the word of God says about him. And last one, you got to understand that some things take time. Some things take time, and I got to trust God's timing. That's how you make yourself trust God, man. Track his track record. Write down a sheet of paper how God's been faithful to you. Start investing your relationship with him. Start better understanding uh, where you are and why you're there so that you can make the necessary adjustments and changes. Um, get into the scriptures. And then last but not least, uh, understand that things take time. And so start, and stand. Sometimes you got to stand and see and wait until he comes. Excuse me. Thank you. Oh, I thought y'all said. <laughs> I was coughing like, sorry, like I'm talking to people right now. They're like, oh, you okay, coach? And I'm like, right, thank you. But anyway, let's see here. Uh, let's see how many questions I got left. Good gracious. Boy, y'all just came through. We got thank y'all so much for watching. We got 38 people here. Make sure you like, get this, get this video out. Make sure you like it, get this out. Like, share, all that good stuff. I appreciate you. And also, if you need one-on-one coaching, man, if you need to talk to me about stuff like this, you need to talk to me about relationships, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, branding, or you have something you just got, man. Josh, I just got a nuanced thing, man. I just need advice on it. Contact me now. I'll go ahead and post the links down in the comments in this chat box. You're so welcome, Shanice. Post it right now so that you guys. Uh, can be if you need to book a session, let me know this week. Let me know what your budget is, and I'll customize a coaching session for you. So definitely let me know how I can serve you all. All right, let's see what I got. Man, oh, what time is it? I got I got maybe 15 more minutes. Where's my cellular device? Here you go. Let's see. I got some time. Maybe 10, 15 more minutes, and I'm up out of here. All right. <clears throat> Now, uh, Michaela says, how do, you, uh, how do you have an actual relationship with God instead of feeling like it's a chore to read the Bible, okay? Pray and do other things. Do you know of a way where you can spice things up with your relationship with God if it feels like a chore? Uh, it feels like a chore because God has become a bore, right? We're bored of God because we don't know God, right? Uh, and sometimes it becomes a chore because we lack understanding to a degree of what it costs to be in a relationship. I can have the desire all day to love my wife. That don't mean nothing. Desire gets you started. Discipline ensures you finish. I have to love her even when I don't like her. In marriage, you're not going to always like your spouse. That's why you got to find love. Because like, a lot of us, we are so based upon likes because we've been conditioned to, did this person like my post? This person like my video? Like, 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 like. Love, love don't got nothing to do with like. Love is factual more than emotional. When people look at love as only an emotional thing, they will not last with that thing. Love is factual. Love is more is deeper than factual. It's spiritual. If I don't under, understand love from a spiritual standpoint, then I will not get to love in a factual standpoint. And my love and the other residue parts of it in the emotional, mental aspect won't even be there long. So when you understand that relationships requires discipline. 
then you will understand what it means for for reading it. Now, now reading the Bible also means stuff. So I work at a basketball camp during the summer, this summer. And one kid asked me, or one kid was doing a drill. We had this kid doing it. We, did, we had all the kids doing a basketball drill. And the kid said to me, Steph Curry don't do this. All they see is the game. They don't videotape practices. Maybe they should start doing that. Maybe people who are successful should record at length, the length of the game, they should record their practices so that people can see what it requires to operate at this high level. No one is successful without discipline. No relationship will endure to the end without discipline within, right? And so when you understand that in relation with God is not just a one-way street that all I got to give God is desire and then everywhere because desires expires. They expire. If, if, you, if you're running off a of desire, desire will expire. You got to run off discipline if you want to see the end, right? And so then when you begin to see who God is as he is and begin to understand what are the requirements of a relationship, from a discipline standpoint, then you will begin to see the fruit because you don't get fruit out of desire. A lot of people desire to lose weight, but they'll never see the fruit of lost weight. A lot of people desire to be wealthy, but if they don't have the disciplines of it, they will not be wealthy. You cannot have a successful relationship. You cannot have a successful marriage. You cannot have, you cannot have a successful relationship with God. You cannot have any success in these areas without discipline. And discipline must have the prerequisite of awareness. You have to become aware of what is required. You have to become aware of what's of, of who God is and what is required. And then you will see the beauty of the word of God. And, and you will begin to see that God is not requiring you to be disciplined because he needs you. You'll begin to see how the disciplines build you. And you'll begin to say, I have to read my word because of what the word, the word is active in life and what it does for me and then does for our relationship and does for my effectiveness and efficiency in my purpose and in every other realm. See, for me, reading my word is not a chore. Praying is not a chore because I understand what those things do to me within and how it affects everything that I'm within, how it affects that I'm a better husband when I read. I'm a better husband when I pray. I'm a better husband when I talk to God. I'm going to be a better, I'm going to, I'm already a great father now, but I even have my daughter. So what I'm saying is with all these different things, you become those different things. You become better when you understand him better. And we understand why these things will make you better. And then you begin to say, I got it. I, I, I have to read. Just like you have to drink water. You're like, I have to read my word. Not because of, checklist and the reason why we are bored is because we look at it as a thing we mark off the board i did this today okay good i did that today you're gonna be bored after a while you're not gonna want to do it after a while because now you're doing this for results most people are doing it for works righteousness i'm doing this because if i do this then i can be proven to be this believer and then god owes me no 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 no, no. it's a li- i'm a living sacrifice I present my body as a living sacrifice. God, I, I do this because of what it does in me to make me more like you, right? And so you don't want to you don't want to spice things up because then you start sweating, and then you start working and sweating even more, right? What you want to do is just say, okay, God, let me just get to know you in a deeper way, and then when you start getting in, getting that stuff more often. 
You'll begin to see your patience grow. You'll begin to see all those love, joy, peace, long suffering. You begin to see all those fruits of spirit start growing up in the meters. You know, when they, they, they were down here, you know, and then when you begin to invest in God, it starts going up. And you're like, man, I'm more loving than I ever been. I'm more content than I ever been. I'm more patient than I ever been. And it starts with the disciplines that comes from a deep longing and love for a God that you have been made aware of in a very special way. Great questions, y'all. Got time for a couple more, maybe three more, and we'll, we'll be good. Natalie says, why does God allow you to be the last in opportunity? Let me tell you something about being last. Those who are last, last. The Bible says the, uh, the last shall be first and the first shall be last. What does that mean? The first get there first. They get there quick, but they're not legitimate enough to last with that thing, right? So when you rush something, you're the first there, then you 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 you're stuck with it. The last, last, and the last one up being first because the last can learn from those mistakes of those who are first. So I don't mind being last. Take, <clears throat> go ahead, man. When I was single, when I got my understanding of singleness, y'all go ahead and get married, man. I, I was such in celebration of marriage because I understand, hey, man, I, I learned so much from people's, like, I learned so much from observation. Then it, then it caused me to observe me. <laughs> I learned so much from people's failed marriages because I was life coaching back then. People were telling me all kind of horror stories. They were telling me all this kind of stuff. I said, oh, shoot, that's what it requires? Y'all go ahead and pass me all you want. <laughs> pass me. I like when people pass me. I get to learn more. Pass me, man. I don't care about the immediate gratification that comes with having something especially when it comes to letting other people know you have it. I love living my life quietly and and and, and let, let, letting longevity uh, being the fruit of my life. Like, I want when it's all said and done, people be like, that man lived long. To this day, I'm an author of nine books, four card games, 2,500 videos. Um, am I the most popular person in the world? No. I don't care about being the most popular. I care about having longevity. I care about consistency, right? So I don't mind when people get stuff first because the, when you get things first, you're quicker in the hearse. Right? But if I'm last, then I know, hey, man, I'll last longer. So God is allowing you to be last when it comes to opportunity so you can last with those opportunities. People are saying blessings are burdensome. Blessings are heavy, yo. Blessings are heavy. And if you ain't, if you ain't strong enough to carry it, it's going to bury you. So what do you want? To be strong enough to carry or be the one that's buried? It's your choice. But last, those who are last, last, man. Let people pass you. Because I'd rather wake up one day with 40 years of marriage than to be one of the first ones to get married and only have four years to show on my, my record of marriage. The numbers, numbers mean more at the end than in the beginning. How many teams have you seen was winning by 20 by halftime? <laughs> and went into the locker room. We got them, boys. We got them, girls. We play on the girls' team. Everybody's excited. But if there's still time on that clock, fam, that means you can still lose. So what I'm saying is I never uh, get so caught up on who gets it first. I just know when I get it, do what I need to take. Do what, it, do, do what I need to know. Do what I know what it would take to keep it. Simple as that. Why does God delay in giving you a spouse? Because he wants to fix up your house. Because if you are not built well as a house, how will you be able to give a man a home? You see what I'm saying? So God delays, man, because delay is for development. 
always understand that delay is for development. The reason why there's a delay is because we rather lay than to than to develop. So if you're laying around and ain't really doing nothing with your life, you're not really doing anything in regards to being developing that thing, then the delay is going to be there. To a degree, we determine how long the delay is to a degree. If it ain't if it's if it's not in, in the realm of a specific reason by God, we we are the reasons for the delay. Most of the time, most not most of the time, but a lot of the times we're the reason for the delay because we lay around, we just waste time. And so if you're not if your house is not built well, why would God give you a spouse that's built well? So you got to say, okay, I got to stop worrying about and focus on what God hasn't done. And I have to work on and focus on what I have to get done to receive what God has done. Because God has done everything. We just got to see everything that God has done. God is not doing anything. People understand that God is still resting from day seven. <laughs> it may be day 100,476. It may be day 14,496. God is rested still from day seven. God ain't doing the work. God has already done the work. The Holy Spirit has been sent to do the work in us so that we can match the work that has been done for us from the Son on the cross, giving us the ability to match the dream of the Father. That's what we got to focus on. It's not about worrying about what God is doing or God has already done. God has already done. Done. It's done. We just got to get done. <laughs> a, a, a chicken off the grill too soon can cause poisoning. You got to let that, you got to wait till the chicken is done. Every video I watch for cooking stuff, most of them, they talk about it when it has an internal temperature, 165, it's done. When it has an internal temperature, 210, it's done. When it has an internal temperature, 175, it's done. What's your internal temperature? If your internal temperature is not done, then you're going to cause disease. If your internal temperature is not where it needs to be, then you're going to cause disease. So you got to check, is my eternal temperature revealing that I'm done? What's my eternal temperament? That'll be preaching now. What's my internal temperament will determine if I'm done enough for what has been done for me? So if my internal temperament doesn't match the right temperature or temperament for that thing, I'm not going to lie So if your internal temperament is impulsive, impatient, ignorant if your internal temperament is 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 too excited and zealous you're going to fall into the realm of jealous right so you got to say is my internal temperature internal temperament set on joy because god is not going to bring nothing to your tent if you're not content with him you got to be content with you may listen contentment doesn't mean you're going to always like where you are but you'll always be in love with the person that has you where you are because you know where you are will to a degree determine how far you will go. So you will love your R because of the far. You will love where you are because you know you know that where you are is to some degree being used to determine how far I will go. So what's your internal temperament? What's your internal temperature? Because you're not coming off that grill. You're not coming out of the oven until that internal temperament is set to joy. And so that eternal temperament is set into contentment. And if you're not content, he ain't going to bring it to your tent. So if you want to have that spouse, let God work on your house. Because why would God give a house that's built to someone whose house is broken? 
Haupt er. Let's see here. Maybe one or two more and I got to go. I'd say I ain't coached y'all in a while. I ain't did a video in a while. So I said, let me get up in here and, and, and coach my people, man. Um, if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, man, you say, hey, man, I need to talk to you about this and some other things, coach. I need to talk to you about developing my relationship with God. I need to talk to you about my spiritual development, singleness, purpose, brand, all that good stuff. I'm here to coach you all. I got uh, some spots available this week, and I have uh, a great amount of – but it's condensed because I go back to work August 1st. So – um, it won't be that many hours available. So you got to make sure you get your August, if get your August booked now, um, because uh, I'll be back at work and there may be some people I bring into September and uh, October. And then from there, that's maybe not too many because that's when the baby comes. All right. <clears throat> Bailey says, hey, coach, how do I embrace lonely season? Currently, <clears throat> I'm ready to give one second. Bailey says, hey, coach, how do I embrace the lonely seasons? Currently, I feel very lonely, but have loved spending time with God. However, it's been very hard finding like-minded people to do life with. Great question. Hey, coach, how do I embrace lonely seasons? First off, what helped me in my lonely season was realizing I was never alone. And when I realized I was never alone, when I always kept God on the phone, I always kept talking to him. Not only did I keep going on the phone, not the means I kept conversation going, I, I start I start doing things. So that's when I started writing my books. That's when I started getting active. And, and, and that takes up a lot of time. Like when you start getting into your purpose, when you start getting immersed with your purpose, with the right perspective about God, it really takes up a lot of time. Then you'll be too tired to even think about loneliness. You'll be too inspired to think about loneliness. You'll be too all these different things to be caught up in the idea that you have no one around you. See, all I need around me is, is some paper. All I need right now is some paper, some pen. I'm talking about my singleness. All I needed was papers, pens, a laptop, and some internet. And I was good to go. And a Bible. That's all I needed. Because I know that if, if listen, while God, while while things are being, uh, uh, as I'm being developed for the things that I desire, then I'm not going to worry about when they come. I'm going to focus on what I can do right now. And so when you, Embrace, I want to say embrace your lonely season, embrace the season that you have alone with God, because that is the prerequisite to any other relationship. If you can't handle being alone with God, you will not be able to last a long time being alone someone else. So what I realized was I got to invest in my time with God because there's going to be some time that your spouse may need to pull from, from your from your relationship with God. They're going to need to pull from that. And if you have nothing from that in your singleness, you don't have no oil for your singleness. How can you keep the light on in your marriage? How can you keep the fire going in your marriage if you have no oil that you've been stockpiling in your singleness? And so when you stockpiling oil, in your singleness, then when you get married, you will have this supernatural reservoir of just so much oil to keep the fire going. And then not only do you have oil from your singleness, you still stockpiling oil in your marriage. And then about time you really, now your, the light's been going on for five years now. Wow. We've been keeping this thing going for six years. God and all of us, we've been keeping this thing going for eight years, 10 years, etc. So I, I, I feel very lonely, but have love. So that's good. You love spending time with God. Now you got to extend time with God. 
you spend time with God. Now you got to extend from the time you spend with God. What I mean is get into your purpose, extend some time into being purposeful. Because when you, if all you do is spend time with someone, but you never do anything with that person, then you're going to be like, all right, so what are we doing? See, that's why I don't really hang out with some, a lot of people. Because I'm like, what are we doing? I just can't sit around and talk about certain things all the time. I just can't sit around, sit around, sit around. Do, I got to be around. I can't just sit around. I got to be around purpose things, right? So now you got to say, okay, God, what do you have for me to do in this season? And God may say, son, I might want, I need you to write a book. Son, I want you to work on this. I want you to work on your porch. I want you to work on your, your book. I want you to work on uh, um, this idea. And the next thing you know, that synergy starts building and then your perspectives be renewed. And then, man, you'll be like, man, I don't need like-minded people. I'm trying to get my mind like God. <laughs> and then let God surround you with like-minded people. That's what I did, man. And then maybe it's because I was introverted, but I think it's a principle for everyone is that I'm going to tell you something. What's better, being alone and getting more done than being alongside a lot of people and not getting anything done for God? You got to decide which side you want to be on. Hope that. The number one says, I like that, Coach. Thank you so much. You're so welcome, humble one. Uh, Stephanie says, that's great advice. God gets the glory. Uh, Stephanie Grace says, yes, protection is key. That's right. LV says, what's up, Coach? What are your thoughts on eagles, lions being used in scripture? I'm trying to em uh, emulate instead of these animals' characteristics mentioned in the Bible, breaking it down. Great. Um, so, uh, the Bible, definitely the writers used um, the characteristics of the eagles and, and lions to kind of represent certain things. But I won't get so caught up on those things to where it's keeping you, you become only knowledgeable of the things versus embodying some of those things. There's nothing wrong with understanding the, so what I would do is, what are some, what are the top characteristic traits of an eagle, top characteristics of a lion? And say, okay, okay, what does the word of God say about these different things in parallel to the principle that I should make parallel in my life? And then you'll begin to say, okay, let me try to embody those different things through the word of God and through the help of the Holy Spirit, right? Um, and I, there's nothing wrong with doing deep, I love doing deep dive studies on that kind of stuff, man. And so deep, don't, but don't get so caught up in idolize and study that you don't become a buddy of God. And, and start budding for God as far as growing and budding as a flower and being fruitful for him. Hope to help. Uh, Brianna says, okay, coach, this is great advice. His parents aren't believers in Christ, so it's a bit hard. Yeah, Brianna, I don't know if you're still watching now, but yeah, if they're not believers, then you're only going to create more harm for that child. And maybe that's the reason why that child came to you. But what you got to do is you got to pray from afar and pray for their parents' salvation because you're, you're, you're not the covering covering. You can't cover. So when you try to cover something up under someone else's covering and they don't and they, they're not connected to the, that covering system, then 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 they're going to be enemies of you. And the demons in them are going to increase and fester and infestate, if that's a word, more demonic activity around that child. And you end up putting that child in more harm. Jasmine says, is physical abuse a reason to divorce a spouse? Uh, yeah. The other person was saying the grounds for the uh, uh, what is a biblical clear grounds for divorce. All we know is is uh, infidelity or adultery. But yeah, man, if that person beating up and get up out of there, man. Hey, listen, you know that's my advice, bro. If that person putting hands on you, man, get up out of there. Get up out of there. Now, yeah, man, that's that. I'm gonna stay with there because I'm not gonna get into nuance of that. Because uh, what I would do is leave, separate. And see if the separation will be used by God to renew that person's mind. But if the separation ain't doing nothing to that fool, then I will leave that person. Simple as that. You don't got to put up with that. 
But you have to give God an opportunity. But that doesn't mean you got to give God a close opportunity. That means if they're abusive, you get up out of there. Go live with your grandma. Go live with your mom. Live with a friend. Get out of there. Get out of there. Get out of there. Let's get out of there. Get out of there and 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 give him some accountability. Call the cops. Do what you got. Put some accountability on that person. Sometimes people need accountability, and if accountability doesn't change them, if if, if because let me tell you something about an abusive man. When a man is abusive, he don't understand the use the uses of things. When a man is abusive to a wife, he doesn't first know his proper use. Therefore, he won't know the proper use of a woman. Therefore, he's going to abuse. Abuse, by definition, is abnormal use. I'm abnormally using something contrary to his appropriate use, right? So when a person doesn't know the appropriate use, they're now hitting and now they're spitting and now they do all these different things on a person because they don't know their proper use. And the only way a per person know their proper use, if they know, if they allow themselves to be useful to God and what and what God used for their salvation. And if they don't know what God used or is using for their salvation, they're going to abnormally use anything else. And if, that's going to take time for that person to heal. And a lot of us, that's why, let me talk to the singles out there. Let me talk to the people right now. Like, listen, man, that's why you got to let God select your man. And select your woman because if, if if you don't give God if if you don't allow time to do what time does, then you're gonna end up with someone that doesn't understand you and not gonna use you because I don't mind being used. Use me appropriately, but anytime I find any type of abnormal use, abnormal abnormalities in the situation, then I'm out of the facility, especially when it's any type of abnormalities. Because I know my use. The moment I even get a whiff of, of abuse or misuse or not understanding my use, I'm out. I'm too valuable for that. I'm too valuable to my wife for that. I'm too valuable for that, right? And so that's why single people should be able to understand, do you know your proper use? How does God want to use you? If you don't know how God wants to use you, then you will set yourself up for abuse, because if you don't know what, how God wants to use you and you don't know how to use yourself, then you want to set yourself up to be used and abused by people. So get up out of there, man, if you're getting hit on, man. But what I'm saying is, man, if you're single right now, man, this stuff is real. People are getting slapped around, bro. People are getting killed out here with being around people who, who are abusive, man. I, I rather it, it would be better to be single and be laughed at. Than to be in a relationship and, and praised by people publicly, but being smacked in the face privately. There's a lot of women right now. That a lot of people, a lot of people got a bunch of pictures on YouTube. And I, <laughs> people got a bunch of stuff on Instagram. They look happy, but getting slapped crazy in, in private. Mentally abused, emotionally abused, sexually abused, physically abused, financially abused, but they look good online. It's crazy. Brandon Clement says, Coach, how do I maximize my time as a man and discover my purpose? I do music, martial arts with ambitions of writing and photography, but don't know what to focus on. Great question, my friend. Uh, how do I maximize my time as a man, discover my purpose? First off, in order to find the max of your time, you got to get with God. And you got to create a level of synergy with God where it almost feels immediately uh, um, a, a connection where you can sense quickly what it is that he wants you to do. What I mean by that is that when I start my, just what I would do, this is the first thing I would do, how to maximize your time as a man. Number one, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta have gratitude. Every man has to wake up and be thankful. It's already tough being a man. 
But you, if you ain't a man in the plan of God, man, it's it's gonna be tough for you. So the fact that you are alive and the fact that you are a part of God's plan, that's whether you know His plan or not. You just know that He woke you up, which means that you still have an opportunity to be in His plan or to function His plan. You gotta be grateful. You gotta be thankful, man. Because that gratefulness and that thankfulness then push you at a certain temperament to be able to handle the tests of the day. Discovering purpose is not about discovering the plateau of my purpose, but to discover my purpose in every moment. A man of purpose is a man who's purposeful in every area. Because if you keep looking for your purpose in regards to martial arts or your purpose in regards to music, but you overlook your purpose as a man, your purpose as a husband, your purpose as a friend, your purpose as a, 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 a co-worker, a purpose as an employee, your purpose in, in dealing with the opposite sex, then you ain't going to be able to handle what's next. So you got to begin to say, okay, how purposeful am I in the things that are required as me generally as a man? Because the more you begin to focus on that, your purpose will be within your hands. And you'll be like, man, wow, I'm actually doing what I'm called to do because I started my day off with gratitude. I acknowledge God more often in my ways. Uh, my temperament is in a better place. I'm gaining understanding about what it means to be purposeful as a man every day. And the next thing you know, you will start beginning to unlock, not unlock, but you'll begin to unclog your ears and your sensitivity of God will be more, more there where you're able to know where to go and how to do and what to focus on. For instance, for me, I can easily write five books straight on singleness. I can easily write a, a book on marriage. I can easily write a book. I can, I can, I can be a multimillionaire right now if I really dug in deep in what got me at fifty-six thousand subscribers. I could, I could have easily been at hundred thousand subscribers. Now I could have easily been at five thousand subscribers if it was only about me. I only write the books that God tell me to write. I have about fifty-six book ideas. I can, talk, I can write books and give concepts and card games and video, but I know for a fact as a man, I cannot be so ambitious that I lose myself. Right? So what I do is, if you don't know what to do, keep developing skills for the things you want to do. So number one, be grateful every day. Number two, find out what it means to be purposeful as a man in all areas, because that's what's going to make sure that when you get to the area of purpose, capital P, you won't sabotage it easily, right? And number three, if it's photography, if it's martial arts, keep working on things in private. Become a master of those things in private. So when it's time for you to do those things in public, not only are you are more of the mode of the master, who is Jesus, but you also have the mastery of the gift that will make room for you and your and your uh, generations beyond you. So all you need to focus on right now is God and become a better you. The rest will find themselves to you in time. Got to go, y'all. It's been an hour and 22 minutes. I got to go. I, I went a little long today, um, but um, I, I had to, man. These were some great questions. Uh, I'm just scrolling through real quick. Uh... Yeah, I saw demons, man. I saw demons when I was, man. Yeah. I was seeing demons at five, man. Them demons were trying, them thing, them demons, demons were after me from the womb. See what I'm saying? Demons, like they, they, they know, man. They know what it is. As you can see now why they know what it is. And as I have a gift of discerning of spirits, I have the gift of uh faith, I have the gift of uh, uh word of knowledge. And I got a lot of spiritual gifts in me right now. 
and and people who are that those kind of people who are discerning of spirits type of people, man, that's what comes with it. I better go, man. It's been an hour and 23 minutes. Uh gotta go, y'all. Love y'all. Thank y'all so much. Uh uh, let's see. I'm gonna let y'all know. If you need one-on-one coaching, man, you need help with your relationships, need help with spiritual development. Need help with your singleness? You need help with purpose, brain, all this stuff? Book your coaching session now. I'll post it right now in the comment section for those watching live. Um, go to my website now. Get your session in. If you want to support, donate what we do. Uh, support what we do. You can do that as well. Uh, facts of Feelings. It's a great book that we process your feelings so you can find the facts about how to get back to fulfilling your purpose. If you're looking for a book to help you hold things better or to hold the things you want to hold uh, and you want to be more prepared, this journal will be a great journal to help you do so. Also get this card game to go with it. That That's a great card game. It's a fun way to talk about wholeness and, and all. It's got some workouts in there. It's, it's just fun, man. It's a fun game. A lot of people enjoy that. Play it. If you're looking for the better to better understand the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize it, get this book here, The Purpose of Singleness. If you're looking for a great dating resource, a dating uh book to help you really begin to understand, be prepped for dating, because you got to date forever. I got to date my wife forever. So if you want to be prepped for that as a single person or you want to better prepare while you're married or whatnot, it's a great book there. If you're looking for a book to better discern what's in front of you, whether it's the God's best or the devil's past, and you want to make sure you are really going after God's best, this book, Counterfeit the Counterpart, be a great resource for you. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, you want to find the purpose of freedom. This book would be a great resource for you, the purpose of freedom. If you're struggling with spiritual warfare or you want to better understand the whole armor of God and how it functions, great book right here, World of War Me. If you're looking for a book for your young person, third grade and up, great book here called As He Says, As For Students I Serve, great wise sayings, helping students find their art form, great book. I mean, it's, this book right here is a hidden gem. This right here, man, it, th- those are our cartoon characters, my wife and I, and so we, 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 are, we are called to the school systems. And we got a lot of great resources there. So your support, all this kind of stuff helps us really develop more systems for school systems. Uh, also, we got merch. And you also can give. If you want to give us support, we do. And you feel led to. We appreciate generosity in advance. Love you guys. Y'all be blessed. Thank y'all for trusting me with y'all's questions. Um, as of now, I'm closed. But you know who's open 24-7. That's God, man. Talk to him. He got a lot better answers than I do. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. See y'all next time. Peace.